Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. This is Mike Siegel. I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, if you want to go to our website, that would be great. It is TravelTalesPodcast.com. And there you can click on the iTunes link and you can subscribe to us on iTunes for free. And while you're on iTunes, hey, how about giving us a good rating? That's always nice. Helps people find the show. We move up on the list and we can get famous that way. And I say we as a collective we, as if there's somebody helping me here. There is not. Um, uh, What happened this weekend, I can recap for you. I managed to stop in on Sunday to the L.A. Podcast Festival, put together by my uh, friend Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini of Comedy Film Nerds uh, Podcast, and uh, Dave Anthony from Walking in the Room, and Andy Wood from the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, uh, they put together this uh, podcast festival, and um, it's the first year of doing it. They held it out here in Santa Monica last weekend, and uh, I want to congratulate them for uh, starting it on the ground floor and uh, making it happen. It was a really cool event, and it's really interesting to uh, and and really rewarding to meet people who listen to the show. I met a couple of uh, my listeners. We have a lot of crossover listeners with, uh, I know, Jimmy Pardo's Never Not Funny and um, Comedy Film Nerds and some other shows. So uh, for those people, uh, thank you so much for uh, saying hi. It was great to meet you. I actually even signed an autograph. Oh, that was great. But uh, pretty interesting to see what uh, what people are doing with podcasts and where they can all go. That being said, speaking of going, I am taking off on a trip uh, this week. And so I will be uh, releasing this podcast before I leave, actually. A um, little stop in Florida to see the family and then bang, over to London. One of my favorite towns. Warm up the curry because I am coming. And uh, then, another exciting trip. I'm going to go from there to a few days in Lisbon, Portugal. And I've never been, heard amazing things, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm going to be recording some podcasts while I'm there. And you'll hear all about it by the time I come back. So uh, this is a short trip, but, um, you know, I don't need too much of an excuse to get away. So very excited. And uh, speaking of excited, why don't we get to my conversation with the wonderful and lovely Jessica Namias. Enjoy. Welcome to the Travel Sales Podcast. I am here with Jessica Namias. Yeah. Did I say that right? You did, actually. Well, that's pretty good. Shocking. I always call you Nims. I know. Because that's what you would put online, and that's what, you know. That's my Facebook avatar. That's right, because you're hiding from people, apparently. Mm-hmm. Are you wanted or something? What's happening? I actually... You have creepy stalkers? Well, I was a reporter for a while for a station in Missouri, and I didn't want people to be able to, like, find me online, so... Gotcha. You know, you know, like famous people like you. Oh, let just, me tell you about the stalkers. We Woo. don't want to be found by our <laughs> viewers. <laughs> what, um, for the people who don't know, mm-hmm. and that includes everybody who's listening right now, Right. we met uh, working at Extra, right. or TBS movie Extra. Yes. You were, what was your uh, official title over there? Back then, I was probably like an associate producer. Associate producer. Yeah. So for people who aren't in the business, what does that mean? It's like a junior producer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a junior producer. Yeah. Someone starting. Right. 
you know, back two years ago. <laughs> it's just starting out. You know, it's been a year since I've worked there. Isn't That's that crazy? So crazy. It and is it crazy. flew by. Yeah. But I remember you used to uh, talk about your trips and you used to travel all the time. Right. Let's start from the beginning. First of all, you're foreign. You're a foreigner in my country. Yeah. Uh, coming over here, stealing jobs. Don't say that, from the young, <laughs> Stealing jobs from the young, uh, attractive American girls. And stealing their doctor boyfriends. Right. I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> There's a, you know how many American Jewish girls would love to have this nice doctor? And nope, you just crossed the border. I know. I know. I'm terrible. You're not happy to stay up there with your hockey and your health care and everything? You know, else. I do miss the health care. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you one of the Canadians that go back and uh, get, go to the doctor when you go home? And- no. You know, once you've been out of the country for three months, they take away your benefits. Really? I got a letter one day saying that I'm no longer eligible for health insurance there. <sighs> I know. It was devastating. Mm. Yeah. So, no, I don't do that. But um, I grew up in Canada. Montreal. Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Why did yeah. I think you were Montreal? Maybe because I'm a little exotic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That must be it. Yeah. What? One of your parents French-Canadian? No, my dad's Mexican. Oh. So that's how the whole travel thing started. You're just started. surrounding this nation. I'm the physical manifestation of NAFTA, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how the traveling started because half of my family lives in Mexico, Mexico City. And um, my whole life, my dad would take me there. So I think maybe it was like eight months old the first time I went. And that wow. sort of started the whole bug, you and know. Spanish? Do you know it? Sí, claro. Oh, mm-hmm. sí. Sí. Now, is it Mexican Spanish? Or when you go to Spain, do they go, you sound like a Mexican. They, they give me a horrible look and tell me. <laughs> I say, they go, are you Mexican? Like, it's a, like this horrible thing. I'm like, Just They told half. me that. They asked me that. They're like, and then I would really Mexican it up. Hey, Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Que pasó? And they're <laughs> the like, Chicano no, that's, that's L.A. That's a, you're like a cholo. <laughs> exactly. From, I like the Dodgers and the Lakers. Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> SA. Yeah. Um, so you, you grew up in Toronto. Yeah. And then you kept going back and forth. Yeah. Mexico? And that's sort of when I like discovered travel. And, um, you know, a lot of people who grow up in the States and Canada don't, aren't really exposed to the kind of poverty and stuff that happens in other countries. Oh, yeah. And I mean, of course, it happens here too, but that's when I sort of saw like the dichotomy of like wealth and poverty and culture, you know, and how that, and how different it is. So that was always like what interested me about travel, just seeing how people lived and the disparity of it. And I think obviously that's where I got it from was probably Mexico because, you know, (laughs) there's like these amazing condos and then there's literally slums on the hill behind them. Yeah. But just as long as people uh, know that is a leaf blower that's going on uh, behind us. So, uh, I said this when we booked this, right? We're like, oh, it's leaf blower day. And sure enough, it is. It provides a beautiful background. Yes. (laughs) It's like a white noise, like a cricket Mm -hmm. or a nice hum of a suicide machine as you want (laughs) to off yourself. Um, That's the sound of L.A. right there. Exactly. Speaking of Mexico... I know. Go talk to that man outside. I, I you know, he, he was helping me park, and I like intuitively just said gracias instead right. of thank you. And then I'm like, wait, what if he's not Hispanic? Like, what if he's not Hispanic? Oh, yeah. please. <laughs> anyway, that's the most, that, that could be most Hispanic-looking man out there yeah, ever. It's true. And uh, he must have been more shocked at you speaking Spanish. But it just came out. It was so weird. Like I didn't mean to say gracias. I just did. It right. Was very bizarre. And you got to, you, you got to, you must. Shock people here. I mean, do you bust people who are speaking Spanish in front of you all Sometimes, the time? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And it's I they, wish I could do that. Like, that oh. is the whitest girl I've ever seen. 
how is she understanding what I'm saying? Well, you could be from Spain. People right. ask you that. Do they say, oh, no, because they speak Mexican Spanish. Spanish. Oh, yeah. So, hey, Holmes. Yeah, exactly. Que paso? My cover is blown every time. <laughs> so, boy, so Canadian Mexican, that mm. is quite a, uh, a 180 when you, uh, if you're used to Canada. Going to Mexico. Yeah, it is. It's totally different. Everything about it, you know, Mexico is rich with culture and has a very distinct identity. Canada sort of the opposite because there really isn't like a It's just place. rich. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, Not culturally, but rich. It's just rich. There's a lot of money yeah, now. Yeah. But, you know, Canada is even different than the States in that it's it doesn't have a particular identity. Um, the States does, you know, there's a very distinctive American idea of like culture and what it is. And Canada isn't really like that, especially Toronto. Toronto is the most multicultural city in the world. And in the world, in the world. Yeah. And, um, did you read this in your, uh, is this from the travel guide or something? I promise. It's just, it's just a well-known <laughs> You're making fact. this up, aren't no, you? No, 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 I swear. And, uh, but it's different than in the States. Like, you know, this is like, they call the states a melting pot of culture, and mm-hmm. they call Canada a cultural mosaic. And it's true, though, because I feel like people who live here, even from other countries, really identify as American and you know celebrate Thanksgiving and really try – Fourth of July. But in Canada, people really keep their original nationalities, and um, that sort of makes it difficult to have a Canadian identity. So I actually like ended up identifying a lot with – my Mexican side because it was so much easier to understand. You don't find that there's some kind of Canadian... I always find that there's a... Like, you know, when you look at the Australian-New Zealand relationship, it's very much like the Canadian-American relationship, you know? And it's always the smaller country, which would be New Zealand or Canada, that seems to be more into, like, no, we're Canadians, we're not Americans. You know, they're very proud of being Canadian. It's always the smaller guy that's like, I'm not... We're not them. Don't lump us in with those If anything, that's what defines... Our identity is not being not American. Being American, <laughs> totally serious. Right, That's right. It. Yeah, I guess so. that makes sense. And hockey, it and really hockey. is. It's one of the hockey and lumberjacks. Hockey you know? lumber, make maple syrup. But when you're in Toronto <laughs> and it's so urban and right. metropolitan, you don't really feel that lumberjackiness. Can you believe I've never been? No, I actually Isn't cannot that believe that. I've been to Montreal. I've been to Vancouver. I've been to PEI. That doesn't even make sense that you haven't been I know. <laughs> I know. I don't know how that happened. I guess I, I, I will. I you will. You need to go. You would like it. Yeah? And so, okay. So I'm going to try to guess all the, uh, what is it, provinces? Canadian provinces? Okay, yeah. How many are there? Because I'm going to count this off. And there's, I'm not looking at a map, folks. There's 10 provinces and three territories. Okay. So let me, I'm going to go from west to east here. Okay. So I better not embarrass oh, myself. You gonna, not oh, this is good for you. <laughs> okay. British Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, Alberta, mm-hmm. uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Okay. You reverse the order. Well, okay. I'm, I'm just trying to mentally. Okay. Them. You're good. Uh, Yukon, but that's a territory. That's a territory. Um, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said Manitoba, right? Okay. Quebec. Uh, to to Newfoundland, mm-hmm. PEI, mm-hmm. Uh, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. Nova Scotia. Yes, uh, two just missing two territories. Two territories. Oh, and a province. No, I, I think you got it. All. Yeah, did two I get territories. Twelve provinces. What did I get? Okay, I think you got. A, you're up to eleven, so you're missing two. Okay, I'm missing. Uh, is it uh, what's the northern territory? I said that. No, you Yukon, and there's northern territories. Yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern. Northwest Ter- Territories, yeah. Okay. 
What else? Did it You're look? never going to get this one because it's new. It was only like born in my lifetime. Oh, what is it? None of it. None of it. That's what. Do you, what's the capital? Ottawa. No, of none of it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. What is it? I think it's equalit. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, so it's all uh, in Mexi- uh, Eskimo, Mexican. <laughs> Jesus. We, actually we don't call, say Eskimo anymore. We call them we say... aboriginals. Oh, really? Yeah, or native Canadians. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't use the I word or the E oh, word. Oh, the E word, the E word. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like calling them Indians. Yeah. As opposed to Native Americans. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So what did you know about um, like Canadian history when you grow up? I mean... I mean, it's very distinctive in its one way, but did you have to learn uh, French as well? Did you have to... Yes. Uh, how, how are you with that nowadays? How's my French? It's pretty good. Oh, I can really? definitely understand it. And um, then when you went to France, you're like, you're, you're Quebec. That's not even real French. I know. They're like, stop talking. <laughs> no, they <laughs> yeah. actually, they really appreciated it because I don't think a lot of people in the world do speak French. And Yeah. It's, it's getting smaller. I mean... Right. And no, it actually went over pretty well um, in France, but they make you take French as of maybe grade four or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, I actually, though, my parents put me in a French immersion school in, in grade one. Oh. Yes, we say grade uh-huh. one. Grade yeah. one. Not first, Not first grade. grade. I know. But I was a... Fr- and you go to hospital. I know. Versus what? To the hospital. No, we go to the hospital. No, no, you go to uni. Yeah, university. You go to university. You go to university, not yeah. to college. Yes, yeah. so we go to university. Right. Um, so, but I was in French immersion school, but then I was a French immersion school dropout in, in grade three. I couldn't hack it because I couldn't read English. Well, <laughs> was the Spanish screwing you up or were you getting confused? I think it was just too much of that age, probably. Right. This, between the Spanish and the French, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak or read English properly. So they were like, okay, we need to put you in English school. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to English school, but I always kept up with the French. Okay, oh, so there was an English school and a French school, but yes. but so not everybody's required to learn French. In English school, you have to just take it as a credit. In French oh, school, it's, it's French. All day. I mean, your math course is in French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, the Jewish part. Yes. How was how big of a Jewish Canadian population? I know a guy from Montreal who's a comedian and writer here. He did the show Billy Reback, and he's from Montreal. Jewish, and he said there's a big Jewish population in Montreal. I think in Canada there's something like 400,000 Jews. Okay. It's so, the, <laughs> that's within a block radius of my house here, 400,000 <laughs> exactly. people. But no, but, you know, I think aside from Israel and the States, it has the biggest Jewish population. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in a very Jewish area. Really? Of Toronto. Yes. Which is called? Thornhill. Thornhill. Well. Suburbs. Okay. Was Getty Lee from there? No. From Russia? No, okay. I don't think He's so. He's the only other Canadian Jew. So <laughs> Forest Hill, there's two Jewish areas in Toronto, Forest Hill and Thornhill. Okay. Yeah. And all the poor Jews live in Thornhill. Oh, the poor, you were from the rough side of the <laughs> I was tracks. from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I was from the tough side of the mall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't quite as jappy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was it always set in your mind when you were going through uh, college and everything else to, uh, I'm sorry, uni? University. When you're going through university, that you were going to go to America, or were you, was ever there a plan to stay? You know, my, if you ask my parents, they'll say that since I was like eight, I said I was going to move to Los Angeles, which is crazy because I had never even been here. It was it just from seeing it on TV? Because I, I felt so. the same thing. Yeah, probably because you know, I, I when I was younger, I used to do the whole acting thing, and I just wanted okay. See, to be I didn't do any of that. I just wanted to, you know play baseball all year round. I oh, saw really? that on TV. I was like, ooh. that!" Look. But I mean, we grew up watching it on TV. And, and from where I grew up in Illinois, 
It just seemed like this magical place. Look at the mountains. Right. And it, the there's sun. an ocean and a sun. <laughs> and the sky just looks bluer. Yeah, we're like, what is that blue there's thing no, above everybody's heads? There's no clouds up there. Right. It's not gray for months on end in the winter. Exactly. It just seemed like really cool. Yeah. And it just seemed like everything was happening because it was, uh, you know, TV was such a big part of my life. But I yeah. guess you must have seen the same thing. Definitely. And also, I always knew I would be in the entertainment industry in some capacity. So that. Was, really? Yeah. Always. Okay. Well, did, so were you acting? You were the school play person? I was that annoying person in oh, school. Oh, theater play. geek. You were, you were glee. You were glee, weren't you? Big t- but we had like no money at our school because <laughs> Canadian public schools. And you're from the rough side of the Jew tracks. The rough side, exactly. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to go to fancy private Jews. Well, or did you go to camp? Did you go to the summer performance camp? And I did that? go to camp. Okay, and here you go. I, I ran a theater camp when oh. I was like 16 years old. I was really a big theater geek. And your yeah. black leggings and your leotards or. <laughs> yeah, definitely black leggings. Picturing, like, you it's know. pretty embarrassing. I don't want to go back there mentally. <laughs> what was it? Were you, uh, I'm going to guess, did you do the musicals and everything? Oh, yeah. Okay. Music Man? Nope. South Pacific? Nope. Oh, really? <laughs> I've done like every other one. Godspell? No. Jesus Christ Superstar? I haven't done Jesus Christ Superstar. My mom just did it. She's like getting into community theater. It's hilarious. Oh, boy. Yeah. But no, I did, you know, Grease. Grease. Okay. Uh, There's the other one. Music Bye Man? Bye you didn't do Music no. Man? No. I did Guys and Dolls. That's a sure. good one. Um, you know, Annie when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I directed that too. Just a, all of them. <laughs> yeah. So LA was in the cards. Always. Okay. Yeah. Was there ever a consideration? Would you ever live in um, Mexico City? Yeah. At a time, I, I really considered it. I tried to get an internship there, but my Spanish, you know, it's, it's good, but it wasn't amazing but either way it would have been within three months you know of being there maybe even oh, yeah, one have, month you would have been speaking like a native right but um, hey Holmes, exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh my dad has always been very much against it against me moving to mexico for like danger just, or yeah fear? I, he's worried you know he thinks because i didn't grow up there i don't have the chops to navigate the city and you know girls i have a lot of friends there my age, they won't drive alone at night. So a lot of your freedoms are taken away. And he's, he's, you know, he would support it if I decided to, mm-hmm. but he, he was pretty against it at the time that I was considering it. And it would be tough. Like, where would I live? You can't live by yourself as a young girl in Mexico City. I mean, you can, but when you're like white and a foot you're... taller than everybody else, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you really stick out. Like, oh, I, I stick bet. out big yeah. time when I'm there. What are you, 5'10", 11? No, I'm only 5'8", but <gasps> I'm still... Your modeling career. Is this, what, is this what cost you? Is this it, what they say? You have to go act now? See, they actually told me that once. <laughs> they told you you were too short? I was an inch and a half too short to do rat- – I don't want to get into that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. They're like, you can do um, like commercial. I was like, no. I want to do runway. Uh, I, uh, well, you're too I short. I want to do runway. Yeah. They're like, you're too short. Like, okay. That's but, a horrible business. You don't want to be a part You know, of it is horrible. Those are I did awful it for people. a bit. It's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. No, I have no interest. Consider yourself lucky. I, I feel lucky, actually. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely stick out there, and I couldn't live alone. So, like, who would I live with? My grandparents? You know what I mean? Right, it's, so, right. it's complicated. And then driving just would have been difficult. Um, it's, I'd still maybe consider it, though, for a couple months. How about New York? Did you, did you live in New York for a little bit? lived in upstate. I went to grad school in Syracuse. Okay. Yeah. But no thoughts of even being in theater and fashion and all that stuff? New York was not on your radar? So, I, it was. I gave up the theater, that whole thing. Um, like as a professional goal, probably when I was in my late teens, I started oh, okay. writing and thinking, okay, maybe I'll be like a journalist or entertainment reporter, producer. That's how I ended up where I am. 
But um, I did consider New York, and that I'm sure that had to do with my obsession with Sex and the City at like 17 years <laughs> exactly. old. And I wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> um, and that was always an option. But I figured to myself, look, if I'm going to suffer through winter – I might as well suffer through winter where my family is. New York and Toronto, very different, but also big urban cities with a lot going on for me professionally. They're similar. You know, New York is still New York, but Toronto has a theater, the culture, the restaurants, and, you know, career-wise, it's also a good place for me. So I'm like, no, I just want to be warm and, like, not (laughs) freeze my butt off all winter. So Mm -hmm. that's why. That was probably the biggest reason I chose L.A. over New York. Yeah. Okay, well, I... You know, when I was, we were working together, you'd notice I, had, I would travel a bunch. And uh, you would say, boy, I've been there. You either had been there or you wanted to go wherever right. I was going. Right. So I remember the first time you mentioned it, I was going to uh, Vietnam, I believe. Yes. So we were in Hanoi, and you said, oh, my God. If you're going there, you have to see blah, 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 who owns this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And you and your friends went went there, and you met the owner, and then they gave you all this free stuff. Yeah, that was... And I had to remind you that this doesn't happen to a man... When he goes, that the owner of the restaurant doesn't just automatically come out and give you free shit. Right, right. Which happens to, you know, young, pretty young ladies who tower over the rest of uh, Vietnam. But, you know, that was funny because even though, you know, we were 21 at the time. Yes, repeating. (laughs) This is how free stuff uh, happens. Except that we... We're still like that. By that point, we had been backpacking Southeast Asia for like a solid two months, so we were pretty like rough around the edges. You know, mm-hmm. our feet were just black; like you couldn't clean them. We had no shoes. Don't than try flip-ups. to ugly yourself up. This is how free stuff happens. Okay, well, either way, we and you're in Hanoi. For, we're in Hanoi, you know, and we had gotten dresses made in Hoi An. Mm-hmm. You know, because all those little tailor shops. And I got this great dress made that was all like sequiny and short and tight. <laughs> and she, my friend Jess also had a great dress made. And my my travel mentor from Toronto, this guy Mark, who I grew up with, he was my f- mom's boyfriend in high school. So I always just like looked up to him because he's been everywhere in the entire world. <laughs> um, he told me to go to that restaurant, uh, restaurant Bobby Chin in Hanoi. Bobby Chin. Yeah. And so I went and we were like so stoked because it was going to be our only meal that we were going to spend money on. <laughs> you know, we're like, okay, we're going to spend we're money. We're going to have one good meal. Exactly. I mean, either way, you can eat so well in Vietnam. Oh, like, yeah. A like dollar dinners, a day. Absolutely. And the food is better than anything you can have here. But still, it was like our fancy, you know, our fancy outing. So we got all dolled up. Got your new dresses on. But like our feet, we're still wearing flip-flops because we didn't have right. any other shoes. And they're, and they're black. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, we just need to hide our feet. <laughs> so we went to this restaurant. And yeah, we ended up drinking champagne and martinis all night with the owner. And I can't even remember. I think we went to his house after. This is something. Uh, oh, ago. wait a minute. Now this is It wasn't good. like that. And then we went to his house. It wasn't. I don't think we actually went in. We went there so he could get maybe his car. And then we went somewhere else. I can't remember because, you know, it was one of those nights. Mm-hmm. And it was a million years ago. <laughs> But it wasn't a million years ago. Several, a few. Okay. (laughs) But um, it was, yeah, it was great. That was just like one of those things. Okay, now I'm remembering. At that (gasps) dinner, we met these two guys. The roofie wore off. Okay, go ahead. The roofie wore off now. We met these two other guys who Bobby was friends with, the owner. And he was so great and not like creepy or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Just awesome. And these two guys, one American guy, one Vietnamese guy, were there together. And... Then they were the Vietnamese guy was like, "What are you planning on doing tomorrow?" And we said we were going to go um, visit Ho Chi Minh's the the tomb the tomb yeah. right. 
And he's like, well, I'll, I'll take you. Like, let's all go together. So the next morning, they told us to meet at their hotel. I forget what it was. It was like the Four Seasons or no. like the Ritz or something, whatever it was. And You're we at get the hostel. There. <laughs> we, were, we were totally in a hostel. <laughs> and we like get there. We're in our like baggy fisherman's pants and, and flip flops and like just looking totally gross. With your black and like, feet. And they're like, come have brunch with us. At the hotel, uh, we walk in. There's a Louis Vuitton. Right. Like, what? Where are it's we? Pretty woman. You're walking in there. Uh, can we help you, Miss? Right. How does this happen? <laughs> like this would only happen in Southeast Asia. That you know, the poorest, like dirtiest travelers end up having <laughs> brunch in whatever hotel it was. Anyway. So was, was this the b- first big trip out of uh, university? Was this you like you know giant backpacking around the world thing? No. Um. I had that was actually probably. My third big trip before that, I after first year of university, I spent three months in Europe backpacking. Wow! And okay. this summer before that, which I do not know how my parents let me do this, I was seventeen years old and I went to Costa Rica by myself for the summer. Right, wait, what? <laughs> what? Right out of high school? High school, yeah. So that was like your graduation. Okay, done. I just couldn't imagine spending another summer. At the Richmond Hill Country Club day camp, okay? Like <laughs> directing theater. I just couldn't imagine doing it. And so I can Fiddler on the roof again. I know. I was like, Tevya, I can't do it. So um, yeah, I, I told my dad, I found a school. And this is like when the internet was still sort of really sketchy and mm-hmm. took forever to log on. I found this yeah, school. Yeah, dial up. Yeah. I found this school. Um just outside of San Jose, Costa Rica. And I, I told my dad, I said, I want to go for the summer to perfect my Spanish before oh, I go to university. So how Nice he, sales job. How could he say no? Plus, he has a cousin who lives there. So okay. he figured, okay, well, she, to watch over she, you there's family you there and she's going for school. So that's how I ended up And there. just got your own apartment? Uh, the, school, the school provided us with uh, like homes, like families that oh, we wow. stayed with. But my family was really weird, and the brother totally <laughs> creeped me out. So after a couple of weeks, I moved to like a little hostel thing where a bunch of students were staying. Could you not stay with your uh, father's relative there? It, it was a little too far, and also I didn't want to. I wanted to go and be on my own. Well, sure. I bet you <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Yeah. It was but, too far. Okay. Uh, I will say most uh, capital cities I go to first, you know, because you, you end up flying in there, especially in those little countries. It's where, the, you know, it's the biggest city usually. Right. And I usually, because I'm a city person, I like walking around cities. Costa Rica, or uh, San Jose was one of those cities that I was just like, I thought it was not so great. Well, I don't think I was it has not much to offer. I don't it even remember any... San Jose. That's like... the thing. It, it was just kind of sketchy. There wasn't really, uh, there's nothing to the architecture that really stood out. There wasn't, uh, yeah, I was not a fan. Yeah, a I, fan. I spent very little time in San Jose. The town that I lived in was called San Joaquin de las Flores. Oh. And it was also terrible, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> it was like half an hour outside of San Jose. Yeah. But the great thing was the weekend trips. Well, um, yeah, you can go. I mean, there's mountains, there's beaches, yeah, there's we rainforests. The, the Costa Rica is great for that. Yeah. But I always tell people just fly in, rent the car, four wheel drive, and, uh, Get out to There's the country. There's nothing in San Jose. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You can skip the capital. Totally. But uh, so how did that summer go? It was crazy. <laughs> I, I call it like the coming of age summer. Uh-huh. You know, um, it was wild. I, I still can't believe I was allowed to go. We School was from like 8 to 12 every day. And then we had afternoons free. And the school would sometimes provide us with activities. But every weekend, like I would meet someone at the school or someone from the weekend before, and we would go to like a beach town and just party all weekend. We had Fridays off, oh. and uh, it was amazing. I mean, I went to Hako. I went to. Uh, 
I was at Nosara. I don't know that place. It's in the peninsula. Okay, I didn't go that the... far north. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, yeah. That's where I went to I went to surf camp there. Oh, really? Did you go surfing? Did you learn to surf? No, but I made friends with some surfers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you did. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, but no, it, it, was, it was really fun, and I feel like I grew up a lot, and I learned how to travel that summer, because that was the first time I'd ever traveled alone. And I also decided that I don't love traveling alone <laughs> that oh. summer. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a freedom to it. Were you... Um... Do you think, I mean, I know you like the freedom of it, I'm sure, but... Oh, of course. Is it, is it a fear factor that you don't like? I think to? when you're a woman traveling, especially in Latin America... You can't just go America, sit in a bar by yourself. And I did, and yeah. I met people because the town that we were in had a lot of students. But yeah, like walking to the bar at night, it was yeah, always like a little sketchy. creepy. And, and then, and you know, sometimes when you are traveling and you see like something amazing, you just want to tell somebody like, oh, how amazing is this? And, and, you know, it was hard, but also I was 17. Yeah. I think like now it would be a little bit different. But it was still great. I would never take it back because I grew so much, learned so much, and experienced a lot because you do meet mm-hmm. so many more people when you're by yourself. Do you still uh, keep in contact with any of these people? I did for many years, and I've sort of lost touch oh. over the past couple of years. And that's where I'm sure you had your first beer. Definitely. You, you, know, was you never had one in, in Toronto, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what? You might be being sarcastic, but I think you're Come right. on. Really? Some high school parties? I didn't really never... dr- we didn't drink beer. We drank like terrible Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> really? Yeah. We didn't drink beer. Well, you are blowing every uh, stereotype. I know. I'm the worst Canadian. I've never been. <laughs> the worst Canadian. I had never been. My first professional hockey game was in L.A. Oh, the and Kings. that's a bad experience because it's, it's it's the quietest stadium I've ever been to. The quietest. <laughs> well, I mean, compared, if you've ever been to other cities... Like in Chicago, the games were insane. I mean, people, the hockey fans are nuts to begin with. I mean, they're just sitting and yelling. And, uh, and then I went to one in New York at the Garden. Right. Crazy. And then you watch the games in uh, Canada, and they're all just nuts. And here it's just like, uh, people I've showing up late. I've never been to a Leafs game. I'm the worst Torontonian. <sighs> well, I hear they're, they're not very good. At they used to be. I, well, in the 60s. In the 60s. <laughs> yeah, right. So you did the uh, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Then you went to university. For a year, then I went to Europe for the summer. Okay, was that for study or was that just you know? That was just for around? fun. I met my cu- my cousin from Mexico had spent the year in Israel at a ah. kibbutz. Did you ever do the uh, the Israel thing? So this is I have, but this is like the biggest regret. When I was when I graduated high school, my dad said, "Okay, go spend the summer in Costa Rica, and then I will pay for you to go spend eight months in Israel and then travel through Europe." For four months. And I that said, like- no. <laughs> okay. Because he had lived in Israel for a year when he was that age. And oh, it was we did. The best experience of his life. All Mexican Jews, pretty much, after they graduate high school, go spend a year at a kibbutz in Israel. Okay. And, at, at like 18? Yes, exactly. Okay. And like, that's literally the best year of his life, even mm-hmm. though sometimes I try to convince him the year I was born was probably better, <laughs> but he says not even close. But you didn't go on the one of those birthright things? I, ha- I did do that years later, okay. but I didn't go on this trip that I was offered because I wanted to go to school. And yeah, but really, got to hustle. God, I can't wait to go study. I know, but I still got the Europe summer out of him. Oh, okay. So I met my cousin who had spent the year or eight months in Israel. I met him in Europe and we did Europe together for three months. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, I only did six weeks after I graduated. And like, from, uh, univer- from college? From, yeah, from, u- from university. Okay. I'll talk your language. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, but that was my first trip out of the country. 
Okay. So it was right out of college, and then I did the six-week backpacking thing. Your first trip out of the country, you went yeah. straight for six weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, but that was, it's almost like a little rite of passage, you know. You know. Right. But uh, it was exciting. But that's when I really got my first taste of, oh, but it was like a door opening and, just, oh, there's other ways to live right. in the world. But, I mean, that was, that's all I needed. And then it's just been ongoing ever since. And then you can never stop. No, I can't. I know. <laughs> Trust me. Well, the me. world's so big. There's just so so much. I know. So you did Europe. Was that like riding the trains? Did like, you did everything? I think we did like 50 cities or 40 cities. Oh, God. It was crazy. It yeah. was insane. Yeah. And that was hostels as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me the worst hostel story from uh, okay. from Europe. Um, my cousin and I arrived in Marseille, France. Mm-hmm. So you're like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I was 18. He had just turned 19 at night. And they tell you do not arrive in a city at night. And of course, we like didn't. Yeah, screw that. Right. But, and we also like didn't have any plans ever. <laughs> right. we, we didn't like book hostels in advance. But Marseille has like a sort of, a sort of seedy reputation. Yeah, I heard it's pretty sketchy. And... My cousin was traveling on an Israeli passport. Um, okay. And you're on your why. Canadian passport? Yes. And we get to Marseille and we like get off the train and start walking. And we're on this main road and there's just all these men sitting out on the street playing games and there's not a woman in sight. No. And we look around and there's a lot of Arabic writing on on right. the uh, you know storefronts. And we're like, okay, it's cool. But this is, you know, tensions in France between Jews and Arabs and like has been on the rise in yeah, the past yeah. several years. And um, there's a lot of tension between them and just also just foreigners in general in France. It's sort of like a contentious situation. Yeah. Well, whenever the economy takes a tank, uh, you know, goes down the tubes, the uh, people start pointing fingers and usually right. the immigrants – and it's in every country. It's right. happening here, you know. Right. But All of a sudden, the Mexicans were a problem. It was a, it was a, as soon as the economy exactly. crashes. Exactly. But it was, a, it was a particularly, like, heated time there, Yeah, too. it still is. You know, the Muslim, you know, huge Muslim population in France. And, exactly. You know, they just outlawed, I think, the, the veils and, and stuff like that. Right. And, yeah. So there was that sort of milieu was, like, happening when we were there. And um, so we're walking down the street at night, and I'm getting, like, whistled out a little bit, and it's, my cousin's like shorter than me. Like he's like not going to protect. Me. Yeah, right. He's not wearing a yarmulke or anything. No, okay. but still, like he's on an Israeli passport. Well, they can't see his passport from across. Okay, the street. so anyway, we at this point we're just like, you know what? We need to just get in a hotel or a hostel or whatever. So we find this one. It's called Hotel of Two Worlds. There's Arabic writing beneath it, and we just go in. And the guy asks us for our passports. Like oh, we have to give him our passports, as you have right. to at many of these places. Um, I can't remember if he had his Mexican passport with him or not, but I was just so nervous. I was like, you need to like, we just have to give mine. I'm not giving yours. It's like stamped with a million Israel visas. Like I don't. So anyway, we check in and it was fine. We get into the room and this was like a gross hotel. It wasn't a hostel, but it was just like the most disgusting hotel I've ever stayed in. (laughs) There was blood splattered on the walls. Oh The, The bathroom was so disgusting like the toilet water was brown there was b- black stuff ever it was it was the most disgust like i couldn't even go to the bathroom like i, I refu- like i would have felt dirtier washing my hands and i can rough it right i swear to god i think i i like went into my sleeping bag 
on top of the covers of wherever I was or like pulled all the sheets off. I can't remember and like closed my sleeping bag with me in it and never went into the bathroom <laughs> the whole night because I was like too scared to go outside. Like, I'll hold it. I'll hold exactly. it. Exactly. And that was probably like my most disgusting oh. experience because the room like and there was like holes in the wall. Like there's a blood splattered on the wall. Like that is never scene. a good you sign. You walked into a crime scene. And yeah. Then... And we were the only guests, of course. Right. You know, that was probably. And we had an experience in um, Hamburg. Oh, in Germany okay. with a bunch of neo-Nazis. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, now you got to say it. What, what was, was the story? You're. So we get into Hamburg. You're wearing your Goldemeyer t-shirt. You know, I didn't even have a Star of David, nothing. And I'm not like super Jew or anything. But we get into Hamburg and it's some port festival. And every single hostel and hotel is booked in the town. So we go to the tourism board because this is, again, before like the internet was a really great tool to like book hotels on. And is this like some like rock festival or something like that? Or it was like, like a... the port festival. Like all the ships were there with the Navy. I don't okay. know. I can't remember. And it's terrible. So the, the tourism board makes all these calls for us and finds us like a place just outside of town. So we take the subway to the end of the line. Then we take a bus to the end of the bus line. <laughs> then we start walking down a forest road. Okay. This is like, oh, where no. are we? I don't even know. So... I was like dying carrying my backpack walking down this forest like country road. So I just told my cousin to run ahead to see if we're even going in the right direction. So I'm like standing on the road by myself with the two backpacks for like 25 minutes. He comes back. He's like, yes, we're, this is the right direction. This is the place. So we keep walking. We get there and it was sort of like a commune. Okay. And I guess they rented out rooms. But, like, everyone was in, like, really tight leather and, like, shaved oh, heads. And, again, okay. they asked us for our passports. And mm. I was like, great. This is, like, going to be so awesome. <laughs> and so we gave our passports. And you know when you just get, like, a really bad feeling? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, so we're in our room. And I'm like, we're not going to go back to Hamburg because it took us, like, an hour just to get there or two hours. So I'm just sitting there and I just had this terrible feeling. Like, these we shouldn't be here, like, with your passport. <laughs> and I don't know, you know. I'm sure nothing would have happened, but still, I just had this feeling that we had to get out of there. So we're like, can we have our passports back? And they hesitantly gave them back and we just left. And then I I remember I paid for – there was one hotel, proper hotel room left in town and it was still like disgusting. And it was 50 euros. And That's a lot of money for a a, disgusting hotel. We were on – well, because of the festival. We were on like a – 20 euro budget a day or something like that maybe 15 like it was ridiculous and i was just like i'm putting this in my credit card and my dad is gonna pay for it because <laughs> he's gonna be proud that i left the precarious situation i was like i don't care because my cousin's like, that i left dachau yeah to, exactly uh, to find a hotel room. it was so creepy i mean like a bunch of like skinheads uh, and leather you don't stay there right no no you don't yeah oh so i was God. like i think he'll understand if i put this on my credit card so, oh yeah and he, uh, so i mean but Overall, I mean, the experience was positive, and oh, that of course. certainly didn't turn you off of uh, travel or anything like that. Not at all. I mean, we we were lucky. Oh, we did get robbed oh. on a train. Oh, was this a was this a, in Italy? No, it was between Prague and Budapest, where everybody gets robbed. Like we knew we were going to get robbed because everybody gets robbed on that night train. <laughs> like everybody does. <laughs> that was when I went. That was the big thing that that I took the night train through Italy from uh, I think Nice to Rome. Right. And they said that was a big thing. And people were walking up and down the the uh, aisles all night. And like some guy uh, opened our door and 
shined a flashlight in there and I was up and then he saw I was up and then he left. Yeah. Did they tell you that they would gas the room? Yeah, that was the big, I don't I know, know. If that's urban legend. I don't know either, but I was, I was so paranoid and we were so, we were in a little cart, like it wasn't a sleeper cart, but it was just the two of us. Right. And we didn't realize there was an, a lock on the door. Oh. So we created a contraption with like water bottles and like coins <laughs> to try to like, you know, make a sound. This is home alone. Exactly. <laughs> it really was. It was home alone, like train edition. And the bucket's going to fall on his head. And- right. But of course, like you wouldn't be able to hear anything. So I actually took my backpack and all my things and went in my sleeping bag and closed it. So like, I was just like a sack of potatoes, <laughs> but my cousin was, was uh, just sitting up, sleeping, and he woke me up. This was so terrifying. I feel like the, like this is going to sound like I had the worst experience ever in Europe, <laughs> which is so untrue. It was the best trip ever. But he wakes me up. He's like, Jessica, Jessica. I'm like, well, he's like, I just got robbed. I was like, of course you did. But what had happened was he, he had one of those money belts that goes around your neck and under your shirt. Oh, yeah. They cut it while he was sleeping, pulled it out from under him. Whoa. But he had no money in it. His money was in his butt. And I guess they saw him. What do you say in his butt? Uh, it was in his back pocket? Yes. Not so he was sitting on ass. it. Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> we got to be a little more clear. Sorry. It was in his back pocket. I don't know your pocket. cousin, but uh, okay, go on. So I guess he had like his Mexican passport or something in that, and they threw it back in. <laughs> like they're like, we don't want your <laughs> Mexican <crap>. passport. <laughs> so they didn't actually end up taking anything from oh, us. But that was, was terrifying, him, like yeah. getting woken up in the middle of the night in the middle of Eastern Europe on like this creepy old Soviet train. Oh, yeah. yeah that was awesome. Gosh. But I was like, see, this is why I went inside my sleeping bag and closed it. But overall. I can't believe your booby trap door didn't. Uh, I know, him. right? And then like the conductor came and was like, here's the lock. And we're like, oh. thanks, for, thanks for showing us now. <laughs> so, but, you know, overall, it was such an amazing trip. It was, it was really hardcore. I don't think we ever stayed in a place more than two or three nights. Right. And, um, but probably the, the highlight was Spain, Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, A, you didn't have a language problem. Right. That helps a lot. Helps a lot. And Barcelona is just awesome. It was so amazing. What did you think of Madrid? We, I liked Madrid, but a lot of people seemed like, eh. You know, I didn't... We went, but I know... It's a whole other story. I didn't actually leave the train station. What? It's a complicated story. <laughs> we got separated from each other, and this was like before you travel with cell phones. Oh, yeah. And I knew that we were going to Madrid next, so I just went there and waited for him in the train station. I know. And then just... He showed up. He showed up and you left immediately? You didn't stay in Madrid at all? I can't remember why. I think we had to be in Sevilla. Or, we were on our way to Lisbon, I think, for the Euro okay. games. Well, I told you I'm considering going to uh, Lisbon in a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, it was great. And it was just so amazing because of the Euro Cup right. games that were happening there at the time. Um, I heard the city's beautiful. Like, really old and... Yeah, um, it's like colonial. And cheap. Yeah, like, it was totally expensive. cheap. I yeah. remember that too. We went to the same place for breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. And I remember they made like amazing eggs with this delicious hot sauce. And um, Ooh, now we gotta that, go. but that's when I, that's when I really like started loving football slash soccer. Yeah. 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 So you and I, we, we connect on that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Have you gone to any games overseas? I try to see games in every country I go to. Yes, I've been to games in Brazil and Argentina. Okay, I went to where I went to two games uh, in Boca. Me too. Boca Juniors. I went to the Boca game in the Buenos Boca Aires. Game yeah, and then I went Aires. to a Fling- Flamengo game in uh, Rio. I can't... At the big Maracana Stadium, the big giant stadium. See, Maracana was is closed right now. For... Oh, they're they're fixing it. They're fixing it. So we went Cup, to a different yeah. stadium. Um, I forget. Oh, what... so you were there recently? Yeah, it was just there last year. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. And first trip to Brazil? First trip below the equator, actually. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah. Which is weird because you think Southeast Asia is below the equator, but it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good call. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's right on the equator. I was in uh, Bali. I was in was- Singapore. Singapore, yeah. But it's it's not there. So hot. Oh, so amazing. Uh, what did you... Okay, well, what's, before we get to South America, what did you think of... Uh, tell me all the other countries you went to in Southeast Asia, and which ones were your favorite? Highlights I, and lowlights. Okay, well, I, I flew in via Japan, which is obviously not in Southeast yeah. Asia, and just spent a few days in Tokyo, which is cool. And then I went to Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, and Singapore. Okay, I did all those. Favorites? Not Viet- favorites? Vietnam. Yeah. Absolute favorite. Well, you got, you know, Bobby, Bobby Chin. Exactly. Free stuff <laughs> going to the Four Seasons, sure. But, I mean, the food, the people, the ocean, the tailor shops, mm-hmm. everything about it is amazing. I need to go back there. That's, like, on my return list. <laughs> um, Cambodia, I'm, like, neither here nor there about it. I mean, I think it's important to go. If you're in Southeast Asia, you need to go, and you need to go to the Killing Fields, and you need to go to Angkor Wat. See, I only did Angkor Wat. What were the Killing Fields like? Outside of Phnom Penh. Um, It's just, like, for the historical significance. It's sort of like going... So it's not a pick-me-up. No, it's not. It's not a happy day out, but no. But I mean, I feel like you you sort of need to yeah like, be I've reminded. Been, I've been Auschwitz too, and I mean, it, right. I, I was glad I went, but yeah, it's kind of a downer of a day. Right. So for me, that was the only really redeeming thing about Cambodia. I mean, the people are amazing there, and the food is great too, but it's really rough. Yeah, it's it's not as built up and infrastructure wise. No, getting I mean, around like, and our bus broke down in the middle of <laughs> I don't even know yeah, where and the killing fields. It wasn't, <laughs> but it was like. In the middle of the country and just to get someone to come fix it, it's just very, it's very difficult there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, but I mean, Vietnam, you can't compare. Um, but Angkor Wat is, it is breathtaking. Yeah. What about Thailand? Did you go to any of the islands? Did you just stay around Bangkok? Did you go up to Chiang Mai? I went everywhere. Yeah. Um, I love the islands in Thailand, but Thailand for me is also like pretty seedy. I just feel like so much of Thailand revolves around the sex industry and that... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, no, it sort of like turned me off a bit. Just everywhere you go, it's just like sex is in your face. And then you see these people with really young Yeah, the, the, uh, the old white guy with the... Uh, like 12-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. Was so that was a little difficult for me. I found the people like... You know, this is a complete generalization, but I felt like in Thailand, like they're always trying to like scam you a little bit. Yeah, but I I felt a lot of that in Vietnam too. You did? Yeah, they see you coming. You know, they really do. Okay, I I didn't feel that so much. I mean, they're always like hustling and yeah. I mean, there's there's the white guy price. Yeah, I mean, for everything. I would always tell them, don't give me the Farang price. Give me the (laughs) the real. Give me the real price. So. yeah, I mean, I, I like Thailand a lot. It's beautiful. And also the food in Thailand is oh. remarkable. I mean, I can't like the street pad Thai for 50 cents. And yes. I, I ate everything like questionable things. I ate like every single thing. I didn't even know you what had the Jewish were. pork. Did you? Do you have the kosher pork? Oh, over yeah, there? I got the kosher pork. <laughs> um, and I never got sick. Yeah. And it was just so great. But I think like of all those places, Vietnam and I loved um, Singapore. Singapore. We talk about food. That's all hawker. I did. Was, oh, the hawker centers. That's all I did. I spent a day. I just reserved just for eating. Like I would go from oh, yeah. hawker center to hawker center and doing nothing else, taking no photos. Like I mean, no that's cultural a- thing because it's not a ton. No, you go there I mean, to eat. Yes, that's, yeah. that's really the only thing to do there. And we met friends in Vietnam who were from Singapore, so they took us around oh. when we were there. And the hostel that we were staying at did a food walking tour. 
perfect. And it was like a six hour, all you do is walk and eat. And that was like one of the happiest days yeah. of my life. Cause like, that's all I ever want to do is like walk around a new place and stuff my face. <laughs> For people who don't know, the hawker centers are just basically outdoor food courts and yep. they have the, uh, cause everywhere else, like the restaurants and everything else in Singapore are pretty, you know, pricey. Right. But this has like the greatest food of all of Asia, the best Indian, Chinese, Thai, Malaysian, Malaysian all these things. All in one place. It's super cheap, and uh, it's amazingly good. I know. It's the mix of cultures that I think makes the yeah. food so good there, because you have like Indian curries with Thai noodles, and it's just, I don't know. It's so good. It's the best Indian food I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. I had frog porridge there. Did you have the frog porridge? I didn't. Oh, I, I, oh, I had the frog porridge. That's awesome. Was it good? It was pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, it's frog legs in, in, in like a stew. I've never had frog. It tastes like, it, you know, chicken. It really does. But is it chewy? It seems chewy no, no, to no. me. Okay. No, no, no. Well, I would try it. I'd it's try not, anything. It's not like a calamari kind of thing. No, no, that's right. chewy. The, the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten, and then I want to ask you what mm-hmm. the most disgusting thing you've ever eaten is. Um, I don't know if I can say this word on this podcast, but... You can say anything. Um, okay. It was a goat's... Balls? Penis alcohol. So it was like booze fermented in goat's dick. <laughs> And that was, and it tasted like chicken. What did it taste like? I mean, it that was. That sounds horrible. So by the you way. get a shot of and it. And what country was this? In Vietnam, you get a shot okay. of it, and it's like there's like hair floating around, oh, and like no. pieces of testicles. Ah, no. And you have to. And I was like, ever, I wasn't going to do it, and oh. then I got peer pressured into it, and I took the shot, and I haven't been the same since. Oh. It was putrid. <sighs> It was the, the most disgusting thing I've ever this had. sounds like something that they don't do themselves, that they just see if they could you know, pass it off Maybe. on tourists and go, I mean, see I, if we can get I them to drink scorpion. this. I ate scorpion. You ate scorpion? I ate scorpion. That was fine. It tastes like that? in Vietnam also. What does that taste like, scorpion? You know when you get a bag of chips and there's sometimes the black chip that's really burnt? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what scorpion tastes like. Well, if you cook anything long enough and burn it, I mean... Well, yeah. exactly. Burnt, okay. salty. Did they fry it? Did they, is yeah, that it was it? like deep fried scorpion. Okay. Because I saw the... I, I would see all the uh, insects at the markets. Right. You know, that you can buy. Did you eat those? Uh, I've had a couple of them. Okay. But again, if you, you know, stir, you know... Fry the if you crap. put anything in rice, you or, the crap out of something. Right. I mean, it's gonna, yeah. You can what, deep what's fry the it. grossest thing you've ever eaten? Um, in terms of gross stuff, uh, probably those insects and stuff. I yeah. think it was like a, a grasshopper or something. Didn't and, taste and, good. Uh, again, it just tasted a little nutty and uh, deep fried, okay. basically. And then I had guinea pig in Peru, okay, which uh, kind of tasted like rabbit. Uh, okay. if you, I don't know if you've so ever had gamey. that. Yeah, a little bit, but it was like a lot of work. It's a lot of little bones, and it just, you know, it it didn't taste bad. It was just like a lot of effort for not a huge payoff. Have you had piranha? No. Okay, so I had piranha when I was in the Amazon. We fished them. Yeah, I saw our our, uh, guide threw like a little string out with a piece of, I don't know, bologna on it or right. something and the thing and just immediately just in yeah. five seconds pulled up a piranha right so we took them home and ate them that night when we went piranha fishing okay but it was they also the very same meaty. thing they no it was all bones yeah. it was like good like white fish but it was just all bones i'm like you know it's not worth it like right. okay cool i've eaten piranha yeah. but like <laughs> and almost choked on <laughs> yeah. one of their bones give me like a fatty meaty fish right oh but the fi- uh the fish in asia was so good i can't i can't even talk about it it makes me like so depressed <laughs> I that i can't eat to, it right now we gotta eat something we should go for thai food <laughs> oh we could <laughs> That's what this neighborhood is. Oh, I'm so... Angry. I found a great Thai restaurant in, like, East Hollywood. Oh, that's the, uh, legit. Thai Yeah, in Thai Yeah, town. which one? Uh, Jitlada? Nope. 
Have I you ever been there? No, oh, I it's haven't. Good. I'll I'll find you the name after, and we can. Yes, like, I always need a. I always need. It's a amazing, yeah? like crispy pork. The real deal. The real deal. It okay. doesn't taste like Thai food that Americans think what Thai okay. food is. It tastes I know like a, real Thai food. Yeah, I've been there's one Jitlada in, in Hollywood that uh, I brought some Thai people, or my friend brought his Thai wife there after I recommended her, and, and she said, "Yeah." She yeah. said it was legit. It's the real deal. Okay, good. Yeah, because it's tough to find here. Really tough. Yeah. Have fun. you found good Vietnamese here? Um, no. Me neither. No. And you know where you got to go? Because we're in the uh, LA and West LA. You got to go down. The Vietnamese are all down like Orange County, Garden Grove and all that. Okay. Little Saigon. We should try to find... We got to take a road trip. We should do some research. We got to go inland to like Rosemead and Alhambra. That's where all the the great Chinese and... um, Taiwanese places are. All right. Well, we need so to. We gotta, yeah, we got a road trip. We should just do a day of like Asian food. It's, That's know, like my. Our own little hawker trip. It's literally my best day. Like All if right. I could create a day. Well, it sounds like you have the time on your hands now. Hey, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm, this, I'm in the same boat. We have. Moving time, on. Moving on. We have on. time to eat. We have time to eat. Okay. So um, you're. Let's start. We can, we can start wrapping it up here. What of your last, I don't know, few trips you've taken. Where could you go back to again and again and again? Okay. I would love to go back to Argentina. I only went to Buenos Aires and Iwasu, which that's is right, the, that's the waterfalls. The two places I went. Which, I mean, like those waterfalls, the Iwasu waterfalls, there's nothing like it in the world. That was great. But um, I want to get down to like Patagonia and see all that stuff. I want to go to Mendoza, Patagonia. Um, we have f- friends now in Buenos Aires. I, I would oh, yeah. love, love to go back there and spend like a month or three weeks just in Argentina. That was one of those cities in Buenos Aires that I said that, you know, I could live here for about six months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. There's a few of those cities where I go, you know what, I can see living here. For Hong Kong, I kind of felt the same okay. way. Uh, London, I could always live in. Oh, well, yeah. Anywhere in Italy. <laughs> I mean, but, Anywhere in Italy. Really. But that was one city in South America I went, you know what, I could, I could hang here for, totally. for six months. And it's cheap. I know. Oh. And the food is so good. Yeah. So, well, but the, yeah, if you like steak. Well, yeah. I mean, oh my God. That's more red meat. Per capita, I think, in the world. I know, but we found this restaurant that uh, the chef trained and worked at El Bulli in Spain, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, the best, re- or was considered the best restaurant in the world. And then he d- did this like, you know, 12 course tasting menu. Things were foaming and smoking, and but it was like in Argentinian pesos. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, you can't eat like that anywhere in the world for like 60 bucks a person because that meal would have been 600 oh, yeah. euros. I, I like, I rented an apartment there in the Recoleta. Oh, yeah. Um, just, you know, which is kind of like the Upper East Side of right. Argentina, Buenos Aires. And then uh, I think it was like 50 bucks a day. It was like a one-bedroom apartment. Right. And uh, I went out to uh, – I was going to treat myself to a good dinner. And so I went to – I found this really nice uh, Italian restaurant. And I'm looking at the wine. Of course, the wine is dirt cheap. And I know. So, and I saw this thing, a gla- you know, wine, $9. And it was, you know, good wine, a local Argentina wine. And I thought it was a glass – you know, and it was the whole bottle. Where right. I was like, well, I guess I'll be drinking a bottle of exactly. wine. Exactly, I, I, I know. was by myself, and I was like, it looks like it. Pull out my book, start it's drinking. It's going to be a good night. Oh, it was one of those nights. It's so cheap. Oh I know, and God. it's so fun. And there's like these amazing bars and restaurants and clubs oh, that yeah. you don't even think exist because on the outside, it's just like a graffitied wall. You have yeah. to know where to go there. Yeah, I, yeah, I hung with some locals there, and they took me out to Right, a but I, I would love to go back to Argentina. I would love to go back to Italy yeah. because I was like such a roughing it backpacker in Italy. And I would love to go to the Amalfi Coast and I haven't been to Chimatera. Uh, yeah. And France, I would love to go back because I didn't do the countryside. 
And I, why would I have? I had right. no money. Well, you could and... stay in uh, Marseille in your Arab hotel. I know. <laughs> your crime scene of a hotel. <laughs> My crime scene hotel. With the blood stains on the wall. Hotel the CSI. CSI. Yeah. yeah. But I would love to go back to France, do the countryside. Um, Vietnam. Vietnam any Always. day. I, right. I would actually probably live there for a few months just to just soak it up. What did you think of uh, Saigon as compared to Hanoi? I found them to be pretty different. Yes, but I was in the hospital in Saigon. What? <laughs> Don't ask. I got a concussion. It was a whole thing. So I didn't really get to experience it that much. Yeah. At a water park. Don't oh, ask. I was going to say. You're at a like, water park. Back in Nam when I was in the hospital. Yeah. It's, yeah, Nam. I was in the shit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So I would love to go back there because I didn't get to spend much time there or, you know, outside of the hospital. So I would, yeah. But there was a big difference. I mean, you could just, Saigon is. Uh, an urban metropolis yeah, almost, yeah. just becoming one. And um, yeah, I'd love to go back there. I haven't been anywhere in Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's one place that uh, I think that's the next uh, place in the world that I really want to explore. Have you I've, been? I've only been to South Africa, but okay. I, I really want to get up into like Kenya and Tanzania and I want to do love Kilimanjaro that. and right. all that stuff, yeah. West Africa is, is pretty sketchy and Just dangerous. a little. A little bit. <laughs> Why got, don't you go to Cote d'Ivoire? They, 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 yeah, they got a few problems. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've been reading the papers. But uh, yeah, I really want to get up there. And a friend of mine is, uh, she just climbed Kilimanjaro last week and is doing wow. the Rwanda gorillas. Okay, so I would. I have an obsession with Rwanda. I would love to go there, do the gorillas. But also because it's um, supposedly sort of now the safest place in Africa, I think, besides like some places in South Africa. Yeah, it could be. Um, because of what happened there and they are really like trying to turn around the society and it's sort of becoming all about education and yeah. preserving wildlife and Kigali is supposed to be a great city. I would love to go to Rwanda. Yeah. Um, so that that's on the list. But there's just, it's too big, the world. I know. We got to start planning. I know. We got to start planning. There's too many places. Do you think um, Americans approach travel in a different way than like say canadians do you get more time off is is travel more encouraged when you because i know in australia and places like that and a lot of europe i mean it's encouraged and that's why they get so much vacation time and, and young people are supposed to go and you know take a gap year or do whatever you got to right. do to see the world and here we just don't do it that you know, much. it's like no go to school work Unfortunately Death. not. Canada's the same as the States. Yeah. I was lucky because my my dad really always pushed a traveling agenda for me. Um, but no, it's 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 the same. I although I do know a bunch of Americans who put Canadian flags on their backpacks yeah, when yeah. traveling around. During like, the last few years of the Bush administration. Exactly. Uh, I, I was uh I claimed Canada. You a did couple, a couple times. Mike Seal. I never put the flag on there, but they're like, You're American. No, 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 no I'm Canadian. Oh, no, eh? And I'd be like, no, really, I, I'm actually Canadian. Um, but, Did you put the flags on your backpacks? Oh, I had Canadian and Mexican flag. Always. Oh, you son of a Yeah. Man. So, but, but no, it's sad. I feel like in, in Canada and in the States, there needs to be much more, you know, people need to put much more effort into traveling and seeing the world. Because I think you can get so stuck in North American mentality of just work hard and work harder. And there's so much more to experience oh, yeah. in the world. And I wish that things would change, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> well, seeing that this is an election year, I mean, when you see American... How long have you lived in, in the U.S. full-time? Well, you went to college. I was here for the last elections of four okay. years. Four years. So, I mean, looking at our electoral process as someone who grew up somewhere else, 
How bizarre is it? It's really... It doesn't make sense. Like, I do not understand it. Firstly, I don't actually physically understand the how electoral it works. College I don't understand stuff. what that works. And yeah. I ask Americans and nobody can explain it to me. <laughs> I've, like, Googled it, wikipedia it, and no one I talk to can actually explain it to me. Secondly, I don't understand how there can only be two parties. Well, there can't only be two. There can be as many as you want. It's just that they don't have the, the money and the... Backing right, but this be- is a two-party system, realistically. Yeah, it really, it's really come down to that. But yeah. it's like anything, any kind of thing in a free market, the businesses buy up the smaller ones. There right. used to be a lot more parties, and then they just kind of like got glommed onto. Somehow, if you look at the Republican Party, it's become this – it's like used to be the old just money guys. Right. And now that you've kind of like got the Jesus group. The Tea Party. <laughs> and then you got the Tea Party people. Right. And then you got the it, – it's just like a weird – the mixed, libertarians, are, libertarians, yeah. like you know, no government party, and then you got it's all under one roof, and it's just like a weird mix of. It's very bizarre. People. It's it's actually difficult for me that like in election years I, yeah. I struggle here because in Canada, like I think campaigning is only allowed for thirty days before the election. Yeah, the amount of money. I mean, I mean go to your jobs. <laughs> like the, the economy is failing. People don't have jobs. People are starving. And you're going and raising millions and millions of like do do your jobs, spend that money on making things better and campaign for thirty days and then let people vote. It it really makes me angry. Don't come here with your Canadian logic. I know. Don't bring that don't bring back and then the other healthcare thing. That's the other people that's the other thing people can't understand when they when they come to this country. That and the guns usually people can't get. I mean, I don't think we should talk about this and <laughs> All right, we don't have We can time. talk about this off, off the air. Okay, we don't have enough time. But it's yeah, it's tough sometimes. How do you just finally when you what has travel given you as a person and how do you sell it to other people and convince people who maybe are afraid or don't know much about the world to get out there? For me, I feel like travel makes me whole. Like it, it completes who I am. And I try to tell people who are maybe scared or hesitant just like how much more rich their lives will be and their understandings of people and humanity if you just go see it. Because you you can't understand people unless you go outside of your community, if you go outside of your comfort zone. Because you just see so very little, you know, it's just <laughs> such a very specific type wherever you're from. And then when you go see the world, I think you can understand people and the world more broadly so much better. Just it all makes so much more sense. Well said. Jessica Namias, everybody. Where can we find you next? Uh, do you want to plug anything? Can you uh, – what are you going to do? Well, you know, my long-term – put out your resume out there? <laughs> No, but my, my goals long-term are to uh, – have like my own travel show. That's like my dream in life. You and me both, sister. right? But um, let's start pitching. Well, I'm going to plug my uh, production company. Oh, what is it? What is that called? Getting Around Productions. I like it. Uh, we have a website, gettingaroundproductions.com. But um, basically, my friend and I, we started working on a couple little travel episodes. They ended up in different places on the internet. We did DC. We've done LA. We did upstate New York. But uh, we're working on something right now that I can't really talk about. Oh, but uh, stay secret. tuned okay. because hopefully that's uh, hopefully in the long term that's what sort of will define my career. Right, just getting there. And you're looking for an experienced host, kind of like my type, uh, from what I hear. I mean, I was like sort of hoping I would be the host, nah, but if they want a white male, I th- <laughs> I'll think about you. You know, it's about time a white male got a free, a fair shake in this business. I mean, honestly, I'm just going to say this is the last thing. My colleague who I work, like we have this little production company together, she interviewed and had lunch with 
Anthony Bourdain yesterday. No. That's all I'm saying. Well. Yeah. Well, now I feel like a real piece of crap. Well, it, w- it was for Me work. And my TBS resume. I mean, can you? I was like crying. <laughs> I, I was like, I love you, but I hate you because he's like my number one in the whole world. Well, he's got that dream gig. I mean, he's, he's got that gig I stare at and go, oh, you bastard. And he's a writer and he's hot. <laughs> so uh, come on. And now this is getting creepy. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me, Mike. No, thank you, Jessica. I'll see you on the, uh, at the airport. Okay. How about that? Good. Bye bye.